You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is called Remembering. Remembering. So as of tomorrow, August 19th, 2019, will be exactly one year that I stood up here and preached the first sermon as your pastors. It's, gonna, it's been a year. It's just crazy to think about that we've hit a year. Um, probably in a couple weeks in September, we'll probably have a cake and stuff to celebrate when we actually moved here and, and started everything. Um, but for all of y'all who remember, I came up here for about two weeks as we started to get everything set up um, and, and uh, finalized and figure out what's going on. And I was here for two weeks. And uh, August 19th, I was looking at my notes and, and saw uh, the message and the date. August 19th, 2018 was the first uh, sermon I preached as y'all's pastor. And uh, I want to talk about um, remembering today, to, to go back and, and remember some things. You know, looking back on the last year, of one, being y'all's pastor has been such a blessing, but two, just being a head pastor. I, I text Pastor Eric this morning and I said, hey, I said, tomorrow marks a year of me being a, a head pastor. I said, and there's still people showing up. That's, that's a, just <laughs> baffling to me at times. I said, and, and the, the do- church doors haven't shut down. We've gained some people. We've lost some people. We love those people. We know that there's a community to reach. We've added some things to the church. We put some windows in. We've changed the name. We've put some paint on the walls. We've got some things that we've got to do to to continue and improve and spruce up the church. We've been a part of some community things. The Easter egg hunt. We had that spaghetti dinner here uh, for the, I don't even know what they were called, the pet. There we go. They do something with pets. Had a spaghetti dinner here. We had the Christmas, uh, the tree lighting ceremony here when it was raining. Had like 200 plus people in here. Had the band over here playing. Had Santa Claus over there. We've given to people inside the community. We've given to people outside the community. We've had people come in that have blessed us, me and Maddie. Hopefully have blessed y'all. We've had our pastors come in twice. We've gone to other churches and uh, gone to different conferences and done different things. That this year, as I've sat back and looked over the weekend and remembered the good things that we've done because of y'all and because of y'all showing up and being faithful and loving and encouraging, that there were a group of men and women who sat in these very seats back in July of 2018 and all raised their hand in a vote of confidence saying that they wanted me and Maddie to be their pastors. As I did a a very big uh, gulp, tried not to throw up immediately as I thought, oh my goodness, (laughs) they said yes, this is crazy. They, (laughs) They said yes. And as we moved everything here, as we got the blessing of our pastor, and as we've gone on this journey for a year, we remember Remember what what God has done in our lives. 
We're going to look at a scripture today, and before we start, I want to pray, and then we'll dive in. Uh, I know we have some people that are out today um, due to some sickness and illness. We're going to pray over them, and uh, we're just going to pray over the service real quick. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We lift you up. We, We remember today what you've done in our lives, what you've done in this church, what you've done in me and my wife and this family and this community over the last year. Father, we thank you that you're still a healing God that you still believe in healing, that you still see the stripes on your son's back, which reminds you that you are a healing God, and that healing is for us. So Father, we lift up Miss Connie right now, who just got out the hospital with pneumonia. We speak healing into her body, healing into her lungs right now. We thank you for Joe as she's resting at home right now, that she is healed by the stripes of Jesus. We thank you for Terry, Father. We just lift her up right now in the name of Jesus, and we speak healing into their bodies right now. For the other people that are in here who aren't feeling well, for the people who aren't here because of sickness that we aren't aware of, by Jesus' stripes, we take authority over that sickness and disease, and we speak healing into their bodies. Father, we thank you for those people that are traveling right now, that Tommy and his family are out in their business, they're traveling. We just pray safety over them in the name of Jesus. Angels, go out there and be with them. Protect them in their business as they work today. We thank you for... Mr. Jim and Miss Karen, as they travel to California to go see their daughter, father, and their family, that you be with them as they travel, that you just give them the favor of God, that everywhere they go, they get to relax, they get to enjoy, they get to be at peace as they spend the week with uh, Haley and the family, Father. We just thank you for this service. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for Press Church that you have brought us here for such a time as this. Father, we thank you for the people that are here, the congregation that is here. I thank you that they are growing. I thank you that they are healthy. I thank you that they are prospering. I thank you that you are with them, that you are helping them in their decisions that they make on a day-to-day basis. And Father, we thank you for the people that are coming. We thank you for the people in the community who are coming to hear the message that they need to hear that Christ died for their sins. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day, Father. And when we just hear that simple message we know that it can impact and change our lives today. Thank you for this message. Flow through me and help us receive something today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 2 Peter 1, 12 through 14 is the verse we're going to stay in, and then we're going to jump around after that. This is the Apostle Peter writing his last message, his last letter, before he passes away. And in 2 Peter... Chapter 1, verse 12, Peter writes, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, verse uh, 13 or 14, I believe, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. And I saw this scripture and it, it just kind of resonated in me that I thought it would be pertinent for me To speak as Peter speaks, for this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you may already know these things, though you're established in the present truth, yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this church, to stir you up by reminding you. Now what is he talking about in verse 12 where he says, for this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. I'm just going to jump back a couple of verses and read them to you. And I don't think I gave you these scriptures, but um, just as verses 5 through 11, let's see what Peter is talking about when he says to remind you. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 11, these are the things that he wants to remind you of. 
But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verses 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then it goes into verse 12 again. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this church to stir you up by reminding you. Remember, remember that there are truths that it's my job to not neglect, and continually bring to you. Although you may have heard some of these truths before, although you've heard some of these scriptures before, some of you've heard of these writings before, you've heard these sermons before, it's my job as long as I'm in this church to remind you of these truths and to bring new revelation to the truth of the scriptures to you. It's one of the reasons why I talk about giving every Sunday. It's one of the reasons why I talk about tithing and offering, and the main thing that I want to remind you of is having a heart of generosity, because when you have a heart of generosity, it opens up your hands and it opens up your life to a financial freedom that you've never experienced before. And I'm not just preaching that from reading a book, I'm preaching it from a knowledge base of something that I've applied to my life, that I've seen change my life and my finances forever. And so I feel like it's my job not to neglect that and to bring that to you on a continual basis because when you have that heart for generosity, which we see in the heart of God, as you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. And the same heart that He has, as you get closer to Him, you start having a heart for those things. And everything that I see in the Scriptures of John 3.16, for God so loved that he gave. And he didn't give his worst gift, he gave his one and only gift. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18, when it comes to giving and offering, verse 17 says, Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. But here's God in verse 18, goes in line with our title of today, Remember, Deuteronomy 8, 18, and you shall what? Remember your Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he may swore to your fathers as it is this day. That word power in Hebrew means power or might or strength. It also means human strength. It also means the power of God. It also means strength of angels. It also means the strength of animals. 
It also means the strength and power and might of the soil. Looks like God just incorporated everything when it comes to giving you. You might stand up and say, no, no, it's my hands, it's my muscles, it's my brain that's brought me that power, that's brought me to where I am financially. But it's God who's saying, I want to give you so much more when it comes to your wealth. And I want to move all of these resources to help you. I'll give you the strength of angels, the power of God, your own human strength, strength of animals. If you're tilling the soil, I'll do that as well. But look at verse 18, the last part of it. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. That the new covenant and everything that is entitled to you, when you say yes to Jesus, God says yes to you, it's just as as powerful this day, that new covenant. Sometimes we get caught up in Christianity, we get tired, we get weary, we get worn down. We might even ask the question, God, where are you? Do you remember me? Do you care? And God is saying in this Deuteronomy, when he's talking about the old covenant, he's saying, just as it was with your father, the covenant is just as powerful, it's just as strong, it's just as relevant, it's just as ready as this day right now. That he's given you the power to obtain wealth this day. Something we need to remember and why we give. Ultimately, yes, it is our hands, it is us going to the job nine to five every day. But if you are saved and you are part of the family of God, it is his power that's bringing the wealth to you. I can't neglect talking about giving and encouraging you, telling you about the wonderful things that God can do when you tap into that. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is remember what God has done for you in the past, most recently, and in the church. Psalm 77, verses 11 through 12. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. This is something that if we haven't learned, we need to learn and start implementing in our lives. That at certain times in your life, certain times during the day, certain times during the week, certain times in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the failures, in the middle of the struggles, we go to a scripture like this, I will remember the works of the Lord. There's a call to action that you have to do. It's not just going to be instant in your life as you're working, as you're doing this, as you're doing that, as you're going to school. You're going to have to make a purpose and a choice in your life. I will remember the works of the Lord. Because how many times, like the storm yesterday, we were in here and we were cleaning the church, and the truck was in the back and it was pouring down rain, the lights were flashing on and off as I think the lightning was hitting the church, I don't know, it was right next door, and the thunder was going off, the lights were flashing, and the truck was out there and... In the middle of that, I I didn't think of all the times that I was in the storms and had an umbrella. Never actually crossed my mind. 
How many times in our own lives when we're in a storm, something's happening, we don't remember the protection when God showed up in a previous storm? At that moment, when it was raining, I thought, well, I don't have an umbrella. I guess I'm going to get rained on. I guess we're all going to get wet. Life is over. We're done. That wasn't that bad. But what I should have done was thought back to all the times I had the umbrella and I didn't get wet. Because we get so caught up in the busyness of life that we have to stop and take a moment and say, you know what, I will remember. Yeah, this is going on in my life. This is going on in my life. This is happening. Wait, wait, wait. Let me remember what God did before. In verse 11 it says, Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Because when you remember the wonders of old, if he did it once, he'll do it again. God is not a man that he should lie, the scripture says. If he did it, if he said it, then he's going to do it. Sometimes when that pity party starts, you start blowing up the balloons, woe is me, and you order the cake with all the candles, you try and start inviting everybody over, just never happens to me. I always fail. Nothing ever works out for me. Hopefully you have friends and a pastor that can say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you remembered what the Lord has done? Have you gone back and remembered the wonders of old? In verse 12, I will also meditate on all your works and talk of your deeds. When's the last time you told somebody about your testimony? Because there's something happens when I go and I tell you about what God has done because it raises your faith level. But when you tell your testimony, your spirit man is hearing the words and the wonders and the greatness of what God has done and it does something to you as well. When's the last time you encouraged somebody and said, you know what, God brought me out of that. I was struggling here. I was struggling in that same thing. Those who are going back to school, you're about to step onto campuses with children and men and women in college that are hurting and dying and looking for the answer that you possess. Those that are teaching, you're going to encounter people who are kids that are having a struggle in their life. Thank God I've already graduated high school. Thank God I am out of school. I do not have to go back to high school. Graduated 2004 and have never looked back. Those high school teenage years are some weird times. You're growing up physically, you're growing up mentally, emotionally, and all everything's out of whack. I look back and think, wow, how did how did I make it back in the 2000s and now these kids and everything that they're surrounded with we have all the technology in the world. We have all the knowledge base in the world. And yet we're all dying on the inside and struggling with who we are and what's going on in our lives. But you take time and you tell somebody about the good deeds that God has done. That you remember and you take time in your life. Over this weekend, I've stopped and thought about the year that we've had here. The good, the bad, the ugly the fun, and it encouraged me to say thank you God for what you've done so far in this year. 
Thank you for where you've brought us. Thank you where you've brought me, what you've shown me, what you've encouraged me to do. And it inspires me to push the boundaries even further. God, what else can we do as we go into our second year as pastors at this church? As we get more integrated into the community, as we meet more people, as we get to experience more things with you and the congregation and new people that are coming in, how can we help you? How can we grow you? Because that's the goal. Can you sit in the seat that you're sitting in and look back on the last year? Has there been growth? Has there been change in your life? Has God impacted you in some way? Hopefully, hopefully this church has played a part. The worship, the things that we've done, the things that we're planning and going to do. Remember what God has done. I I look back in my life and I, I think about I got saved August 27th, 1990. We're coming up on however many years that is. The journey with God hasn't always been easy, mainly because me being a knucklehead, me running and doing my own thing, saying my own thing. But he always showed up. He always met me. I remember going to different camps in high school and the weirdness of that. Should I raise my hand? Should I not raise my hand? There's this pretty girl next to me. I don't want to embarrass myself. God, please let us have a little prayer circle so I can hold her hand. I look back and think of being baptized, being spirit-filled, the church that I was a part of, the new church that we were a part of when I was in college, the church split that I was a part of feeling the calling and going to Bible school and the different things that happened to me in Bible school, the people that I met, the encounters that I had with God. I've got a, like all of us, we have a bunch of Bibles and we probably have a bunch of journals. If you're in church, at least somebody in the church is going to give you a journal probably every year, somehow, someway. We've got journals, we've got Bibles, we've got all these things. I've got things on my computer And I go back and I read them. I have something on my computer where I have just all my different notes, all my different sermons. I have one section that says, when God spoke to me. And I've consolidated all the different places that I've written and done of where God has spoke to me with the date. And I go back and I read those over and over and over again. There's dreams that I've had. God speaks to me in dreams. I go to sleep at night, lay down, and God will speak to me in dreams. I have the normal dreams, you know, where you're a banana running through town or, you know, something crazy. But I also have these dreams where God speaks to me and God shows up to me. On August 1st, I had a dream. I woke up that morning, I went to my computer and I wrote and typed out the whole dream I text Pastor Eric and said, hey, call me when you get a chance. He called me later that day, and I talked to him about the dream, just went through it piece by piece, and I had somebody who was able to bring truth and revelation to me of what that dream was and what it meant. I have a place where I just have these testimonies and these things where I can go back and look and remember what God has done, what God has said, what God has shown me. I've got sermons saved, I've got notes saved from different conferences and different things that we have. I've got journals out the wazoo that I can go and look and scroll through. 
what has God done in your life? And it's very hard just to sit here and be like, oh, let me remember what God's done. And we need to write these things down so that we can go back and remember and experience what he's done and what he said. You know, there's places of me writing down what we've done throughout the year, what we're going to do next year. I can go back and I say, look, we, we helped this group this year. We can go help them again next year. We're setting up and remembering what we've done. Remember what God has done for you in the past. What has he done for you recently? What has he done for you in the church? The next thing, remember God is actively involved in your future. Remember that God is actively involved in your future. Lamentations. Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah, and he's writing it as he's seeing the destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem is this amazing place for the Israelites. It's the place where all these prophecies and all these things that God has said and told, and he's seeing the destruction of it. He's seeing the destruction of his people, and he writes this lamentation. It's almost poetry, this song, as he's crying out in his spirit. And there's a point in the story, in the song, where it changes in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have Hope, though the Lord's mercies, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassion and His mercies are new every morning. And no matter what I'm going through today, I know when I wake up tomorrow, I have a new batch of God's mercies. That He's creating a brand new batch of mercies for me to make it through the day. That God isn't giving us a batch of mercies once a month, once a year, to where he says, well, here's your batch of mercies for the year. Well, God, I used it all up in like two days. I've got no more mercy. Well, wait till January 2020. What? Oh, no, this is, this is going to be a, a long year. He doesn't give it to you by the month. Better not use it. Here's, here's five gigs of mercy. Then you get that text message. You got 1% of mercies left. Dang it. Who's been using all the mercies? Somebody's watching YouTube. It says that his mercies are new every morning. That before you even wake up, God already has a brand new batch of mercies available to you. Which if you're at the end of the day and you're struggling and you're saying, how am I going to make it through the work day? How am I going to make it through this marriage? How am I going to make it to my house? You can reach up and tap into the mercies that are available for today. And not knowing that 
well, if I use too much, I'm not going to have enough for tomorrow because I've got a big meeting tomorrow. I've got a big test tomorrow. I've got a big this. I've got a big that tomorrow. No, no, no. God says, you know what? Here's a new batch, brand new. Angels just made it this morning for you. That God is actively involved in your future. Yes, we remember what he did in the past. We remember how he helped us, how he saved us, how he loved us, how he healed us. We remember all those things. But we also need to remember that God is actively moving in our future. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He's ready to help you. He's willing to help you. In the last verse of 25, Lamentations 3, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. When is the last time that you seeked Him? When is the last time that you devoted some time outside of church to just seeking Him, to waiting on Him? We don't like waiting anymore. We're ready to go and eat now. It's a great sermon, Pastor, but if I can catch the rest of it on Facebook later on. Let's go. I have a terrible problem with waiting. I started high school. I couldn't wait to get out of high school. Graduated high school, got to college, couldn't wait to get out of college. Got out of college, couldn't wait to get to the next job that I had. Got hired by the Border Patrol, couldn't wait to get to the FBI. I had my life planned out so much to I couldn't wait till I retired. Had my life planned out past retirement. Couldn't wait. Never enjoyed the moment. Let's, let's get through school. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm ready. That we take time in our busy lives and our busy schedules as we have all these different social media and electronic avenues that are just force-feeding us now, 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 now. That we stop and breathe and push everything away and wait on the Lord. What do you have to say, God? So many times we come up across an issue in our lives and we want to instantly react. Well, the doctor said this, let me go do this. The doctor said, I've got to do that, let me go do that. Job said this, job said that, this happened, this happened, and we just instantly want to respond. But what if we took a step back and said, you know what, God, what do you want to do in this situation? I want to seek you in this situation. Because it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, will walk and not be faint. Well, God, if I don't do something, then I'm, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. I'm going to faint. I'm going to do something. And he says, no, no, wait on me. Let me give you the answer, and then I'm going to give you the strength to go and do what you need to do. He's actively involved in our future. John 14, 26 through 27 this is Jesus speaking. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, dwells in us. We always sing these songs that, that Jesus lives in our heart. Well, it's not Jesus, it's not many Jesus in our heart. He's up at the right hand of the Father. But it's his spirit that is inside of us. And he says that he, when he gives you the Holy Spirit through salvation, he says that Holy Spirit 
is going to remind you of what I said. Not me, Jeremiah, Jesus. Because let's be honest, I, I can't even really remember what my wife says sometimes. Majority of the time she goes, are you even listening to me? Yeah, yeah, I heard you. I was listening. But how many times does she tell me I get in my truck, drive to the store, which is like two seconds right there, and then I have to call her. Well, I got the eggs. I got the milk. What a, what a, now she just sends me a list. Now, it's just, now I just get the list and I can find it. Butter, butter, that's what it was. That's what it was. Just two seconds from us talking and driving, I can't even remember what my wife says. The one that I love the most in the whole world, more than anybody else, I love her, and I can't even remember what she says to me sometimes. We'll be in the, the bedroom cleaning up or doing something, and then I'll walk into the kitchen and she'll say, hey, can you get the dustpan, can you get this so I can clean the room? And I'll do whatever I can in the kitchen, and I'll walk back into the room she said, where is it? I said, where's what? Like a hug? You want me to kiss you? Do you love me? She said, I told the dustpan. Dustpan. Okay, here we go. I'm in the kitchen. What did I need? Dustpan. I can't even remember what she says, but it says in the scriptures that God is going to give us the Holy Spirit, and he will remind us of all things that Jesus said. That no matter what situation I'm in, I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me who can say, Jesus says, by my stripes I am healed. Oh, I needed that. Thank you. And I know in this world, the Holy Spirit is, eh, we're trying to figure that out. There's some questions that we have. We've been taught some things. We've experienced some things. It's a weird thing, but in 2 Peter, I'm, I'm brought back to this scripture where it says, I can't neglect teaching you the truth. And as long as I'm here in this church, as long as I'm here in this tent, I'm going to bring you and remind you of things that are important. And the Holy Spirit is one of those things. Flowing in the gifts that he has, speaking in tongues is one of those things that I can't neglect bringing those things to you. And I love Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit right here because he's talking about the Holy Spirit in the very next verse that he says because he knows how weird and questionable and understanding the Holy Spirit is, verse 27, the very first thing he says in verse 27 is what? Peace. He's talking about the Holy Spirit in verse 26, and the very next verse he says, peace, peace. I know we're going to have questions. I know we're going to have concerns. I know we're going to have issues. I know we're not going to understand it. But he says, peace I give to you, not the world gives to you. I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid. As he encourages us when it comes to the Holy Spirit to not let our heart get overwhelmed and troubled by trying to understand it, not be afraid by it, but know that the Holy Spirit is given to us because he is ready and willing to help us advance in our future so that when you're in a situation, you don't have to be all by yourself. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Maybe I should Google it. Let me look on Wikipedia. Let me look on WebMD. I've got an itch on my hand. Oh, it's cancer. Okay, we're done. It's over. <laughs> but in that moment of trying to figure what out, it says that we can wait on the Lord. We can seek him out. And it says the Holy Spirit that's inside of us will remind us of what Jesus said to help us take that next necessary step. 
Amen? Remember, God is actively involved in your future. And the last thing as I finish, remember that God does not and chooses not to remember your sins. As we're remembering today, let's see what God remembers. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 34, No more shall every man teach his neighbors and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Well, how are they all going to know me? Well, it goes back to the scripture that we just talked about in John, where he's going to put the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he's going to tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. As we're in the day right now of remembering, remember what God's done for us in the past. Remember that God's actively pushing us to in our future. Let's also remember that God chooses not to remember our sins. He can remember all kinds of things. But he makes the conscious choice to not remember your sins. Isaiah 43, verses 25 and 26. Isaiah 43, verses 25 and 26. I, even I, this is God talking, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. It's not even for your sake. He's not blotting out your sins for your sake. He's blotting it out for his sake. And I will not Remember your sins. So God says, I'm not going to remember your sins, but look what he says in verse 26. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case so that you may be acquitted. Amen. How many of us remember our sins? Whew. Lay down on that pillow at night and I can remember what I did in high school. Remember what I did when I was growing up to my parents. I can remember not honoring and loving my wife like I should. I can remember the sins very easily. It's very easy for me to remember my sins. But God says he chooses not to. He says, I want you to remember that I remember not your sins. Because all he sees is his son. And everything that he did to his son, it says that it pleased him to bruise him. It brought God pleasure to see his son on that cross. As he forsook him, as he put all the sins of the world, past, present, and future, as he put all the sins on them, because he knew that through that cross and through that grave, and he looks at you and you say, yes, Lord, I believe in the gospel. I believe that Christ died for my sins. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. God says, that's all I need. You believe in what my son did. The blood covers you and all I see is red. All I see is his blood. All I see is his nail prints. All I see is what Jesus did. And if you believe what my son did, then I'm not going to remember what you did. Whew. Thank you, Jesus, because I've done some stupid things. I've embarrassed myself. I've embarrassed my family. I've, I've done some things, but now I'm part of the family of God, and I'm not embarrassment to God. It says that he loves calling me his own. 
He gives me the title and the ability to call him Abba Father. In verse 26, he says, let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted because people are going to come against you. Well, I know you. I know what you did. This whole town knows what you did. The devil's going to come against you. You think you're saved? Do you know what you did last night? You know what you did back in high school and college? Do you know how you treated them? You know how... No, no, no. In Isaiah, it says, God says, let us contend together. I've already stated my case, and God's already acquitted me. I'm free of charge. Yeah, I did those things, but God doesn't remember that. So what does God remember? Hebrews 6.10. I've got two scriptures left, and I'm finishing. Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. He's not unjust to forget your work and the labors of love which you have shown toward his name. He's not going to remember my sins, but he is going to remember what I've done for him. God, I don't have much, but here you go. You know that person who's been talking bad against you? Who's been talking bad against your family? talking bad against this and that, I want you to go and bless them. Give them this. so into their lives. You know that relationship that fell apart with your parents or with your children? I want you to go and call and fix it. I'm going to show up and I'm going to intervene. He remembers the labor of love that you did when he told you to do. It's why it's so important to have a heart of generosity. God doesn't remember my sins, but he remembers what I did for him. The last scripture I have, Psalms 105, verse 6. Psalms 105, verse 6. He remembers his covenant forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. Thank you, God. That there are words that God has spoken to me. He's spoken to my parents. He's spoken to my family. He's spoken to us about our children says that he remembers his covenant. So now I can go before him in the throne room, say, hey God, I'm one of your sons, I'm one of your daughters. The covenant that I'm believing in, according to your son Jesus, I'm a part of that, and I need to see that in my life. And God says, I don't know what you're talking about. I, can you remind me? Where's that found? No, no, no. It says he remembers his covenant forever. He remembers it better than you. You know when you buy the Apple phone or any type of app, they have all the agreement stuff? What do we do? We just scroll as quick as we can. Just accept. I don't care what you say. Accept. I, I need to play Angry Birds right now. I just, I don't care. You know, what was the, the most recent face, face app that was turning everybody old? The face, I think it was called Face App. Supposedly it was owned by the Russians and they were taking all your pictures and all that. Who cares? Who cares? I got a funny picture. I accept, accept that I don't care about reading the rules. Scroll through it as quick as we can. Wait, the rules say that? I didn't know that. But God, who creates the covenant, says I'll remember it forever. So when I come to him and I say, God, I need healing in my body. I, is that 
Part of the covenant, is that not, uh, I don't know. God says, oh yeah, it is. I, I know my covenant. I know the stripes that are on my son's back. The covenant is yours. Here you go. Healing's a part of that. Go ahead. The words which he commanded for a thousand generations. And it makes me want to find out what those words are. Tap into them and remember. As we start to embark on our second year of pastoring here, let's remember today. I can't neglect bringing the truth to you. Can't neglect it. As long as I'm here, I want to remind you of what Jesus did for you. I want to remind you of how good he is. I want to remind you of the access and the potential of who you can be. That when we come back to August 19th, 2020, 2025, 2030, 20, 1,000, I know it's not a real number. And I can look and say, you know what, I'm not who I used to be. I've gone from glory to glory to glory. Press Church has gone from glory to glory to glory. The congregation has gone from glory to glory to glory. We've grown. Because I remember what God did in the past. If he saved me in the past, if he loved me in the past, if he did all those things in the past, he'll love me, heal me, take care of me right now. But I also know that the Holy Spirit is inside of me, and he's actively moving and preparing my future. That I've got a new batch of mercies coming tomorrow morning. I've got the Holy Spirit inside me, and his sole job is to remind me of what Jesus said, remind me of what Jesus did. So in any situation I step in, I can take a step back, I can seek the Lord, I can wait on him. Holy Spirit, what do I do in this situation? Jesus says this, the Bible says this, all right, let's make our decision, let's go. And now I'm no longer teetering the line of, well, I'm probably going to fail again, I'm going to fall again, I'm not going to make it again. No, 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 I, I win because greater is he that's in me anything that's in the world. And while we're remembering, let's remember that God remembers our sins no more. All he remembers when he looks at us is what Jesus did and the good that we've done. And he looks down and that's how when we walk into heaven at the end of our life or when we get caught up in the cloud in the raptures, thank God, He's going to say, come on in, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not, come on in, sinner, barely got in, goodness, can't believe you did that right before you died. No, 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 he doesn't remember those, just remembers the love of labor that I've done for him. Come on in, thou good and faithful servant, amen. Let's remember, let's stand up today as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you. We thank you today. We remember today everything that you've done for us, and we say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for remembering and choosing to remember our sins no more, remembering what we've done. Father, help us do more labors of love. Help us hear your Holy Spirit more and do more labors of love for you because we know there's a hurting and a dying world that's out there, and we have the answer. We have the answer inside of us that we can bring. We can lay hands on the sick and they must recover. We have the ability to go out and disciple people and teach them the truth. Father, I thank you that everyone here is healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now and they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you because we are your sons and daughters, the favor of God surrounds us like a shield, and everything we put our hands to must prosper in the name of Jesus. 
Father, I thank you that this congregation is full of the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Father, we choose today to go out and share our testimony with people we come in contact with because when we tell our testimony, their faith level rises and our faith level rises as we talk about the old wonders of what God has done in our lives. Father, use us this week to invite somebody to church, to pray over them, to bless them, to do whatever we can do to bring the labors of love to a hurting and dying world and pull people out of hell and bring them into your kingdom of heaven. Now, Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week. And Father, thank you for Press Church. Thank you for this year. Thank you for everything that you've done this year. And thank you for the years that are ahead of us, that they are only good, and that you're only bringing us from glory to glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you all for being here, and we will see you all next Sunday. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.